Wow. What a mighty God we serve. What a wonderful God we serve. It's amazing. We don't even have the pronouns or shall I say the adjectives to describe this amazing God. We just don't have enough words in the English language or any language to describe how great God is. It's just man's feeble attempt when we say God is great. That's not enough. You can say he's awesome. Still not enough. You can say he's amazing. It's still not enough. Miraculous. Wonderful. Magic. It's never enough to describe. Matter of fact, God couldn't even describe himself, so he had to give himself many names. Elohim, El Shaddai, El El Young, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Tanishkanu. He, he had to say, listen, my, I'm so great, I can't even determine where to put myself at. Because if I just put myself in the box, you would consider me to be only a God in a box. So many things to say about God. But one great thing you can say is, and you need to declare this to yourself, is I'm loved of God. That he loves me in spite of. So I guess in summation to who God is, as the scripture says, God is love. Because everything that you try to describe God as, it is birthed out of his love towards you. <laughs> when he provides for you, that's birthed out of love. When he protects you, that comes from love. When he redeems you, that's because he loves you. Everything that he does for you comes out of his love towards you. That's who God is. So make this declaration. Let this be your affirmation. Come on, lift your hands if you would and repeat after me. I'm a child of God. And I'm loved of God. And I'm loved of God. And I'm loved of God. Come on, say it to it grips because I'm loved of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Oh, God. He's so amazing. So before we move on, there's a couple things I want to accomplish this morning before we go forward. One, uh, I want to celebrate for those who are here for the first, second, or even reoccurring time. If that's you. Can you just slip your hand in the air and wave it at me? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You should have received a blue connect card upon your entry if you did not keep that hand lifted. I want to make sure that we connect with you in this season. Uh, so make sure that you keep your hand lifted if you did not receive that little blue connect card. Hand it back to the hand that it's handing it to you so we can 
remain connected on the back of that card is a place for prayer requests as well as comments amen we're always looking to hear from those who have experienced this worship experience from us so that we can offer up god a, a better and a more excellent way of sacrifice and worship unto him so if you don't mind place on the back of that card any comments that you have and maybe even your testimony about the experience that you've experienced today we also what i also want to accomplish is as a family of faith we're going to have communion this morning amen we're going to do that now hallelujah because so often we come into church and we have guilt and condemnation and heavy heavy condemnation and you have to know that jesus christ gave his body that you can enter a new covenant with him so that can be broken off of your life amen so I'm going to ask I know I told you to sit down but I felt my old Catholic days coming I won't have you kneel but I need you to stand again amen y'all all must be Baptist because y'all don't know how the Catholic do huh? nobody caught that amen stand, sit, kneel stand, sit, kneel amen I'm going to ask you to face the wall starting from the rear my left your right my right your left starting from the rear would you come and receive your communion elements this morning
have received of the Lord that which I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Partake, partake of that bread. In the same manner, after he supped, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. May drink of that cup. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let everyone or everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. You may take that cup and pass it to the center aisle. There are baskets that are coming. Hallelujah. this morning amen grab your bibles if you have your bibles we're going to go to first john chapter number four verse 16 is where we begin um we'll begin in psalms number 31 verse 4 but we'll have first john verse number four hold your finger there jump over to psalm 31 and verse number four bypass our faith declaration on this morning to get into the word Psalm number 31, verse number 4 is where we'll begin. Then we'll jump over to 1 John. <clears throat> if you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I'm looking. <laughs> Amen. If you wait for me to put it on the screen, say, thank you, Jesus. was like a wave it started low here and it just picked up as it got over here all standing if you would i need everyone standing as we honor and reverence the word of god as it's being read this morning if you have strength in your body and you're able then you ought to stand psalm 31 verse number four keep me from the trap that is set for me for you are my refuge Keep me from the tangles, the toils, and the snares. Keep me from the temptations and keep me from those who talk about me. Keep my mouth so I won't talk back. Oh, y'all. Lord, keep me so I won't clap back because, you know, I have every right to, but Lord, keep me. Lord, I need you to keep my tongue because I know it's a small rudder, but it has so much power. Lord, keep me. Keep 
hate me more when I go to this job and these haters on the job trying to get me eliminated and, and trying to get me fired. God, keep me. Uh, okay. Lord, keep me when uh, that ex jumps in my DMs. Yeah. And she looking better now than she did then. I see we got a fake church this morning. Let's be honest about it. Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me. Lord, keep me. Lord, I need to be kept. Lord, keep me. So, keep me free from the trap that is set for me because you have to know this, Satan is looking to set traps. You got to be very conscious of the traps the snares of the enemy. You got to be aware. There's traps out there. See, y'all pass up the trap house and keep going, but there's traps right there at your doorpost. Matter of fact, there's some traps in the church. And whenever they come, you just... Perfectly motion with your body, and I just step over the trap. You ain't give me the day, Satan. Oh, not with that one. Oh, that's still sounding high. That blouse kind of low, but I saw him drive up in the Porsche. <laughs> Talking about that's my Boaz. He gonna beat you. step yeah I, I gotta step over the traps because there's so many out there and he'll be your refuge verse number five our fuller says keep me free from the trap that is set for me for you are my refuge it goes on to say into your hands I commit my spirit Deliver me, Lord, for deliver me, Lord, for you are my faithful God. Somebody shout, he's faithful. Oh, uh, yeah, you got to know he's faithful. Come on, meet me over at 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 15. Whosoever Somebody shout whosoever. Tell your neighbor that's you. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God. God dwelleth in him. I'm in the King James. God dwelleth in him and he in God. Whosoever shall confess. Means you got to open your mouth and say something. When you're arrested, they say, do you want to confess or do you want to plead the fifth? Some of you Christians have been pleading the fifth too long. He said, if you confess it, that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and God and he in God. 
Oh, it's going to get good today. I promise you. I promise you. Here it is. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love. He that dwelleth in love. Tell you, you can't come out of this thing. You can't. You can't come out of this thing. You can't. You can't let your neighbor pull you out of this thing. You got to stay in it. You got to stay in it. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is. I tried to get y'all there a couple weeks ago when we had the R&B treasures to understand the righteousness that you have in God and, and, and the righteousness that has been bestowed upon you. The text says, as so, as he is, so are we in this world. If he is love, so are we in the, in the world. And all that he is, so are you. Are y'all reading your Bible? Did I miss it? As he is, so are we. (laughs) As he is, so are we. Remember in the beginning, I told you, whosoever, look at your neighbor again and say whosoever. Go ahead and make a declaration to your neighbor. Say, I'm a whosoever. So if you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, He comes and dwells in you, and as He is, so are you. God knows my heart. I'm just a man. Not any longer. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm not a man no more. What's your female? I'm not a female. As he is, so am I. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 23 says, uh, They that worship God must worship him in spirit. So why are you an apostle? I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm not black. I'm not white. I'm not Asian. I'm not Jew. I'm not Gentile. I'm not African. Where am I? I'm a spirit. And as he is, so am I. Not when I get to heaven. See, some of y'all waiting for heaven. God trying to get heaven to you. You, You're waiting to be as God in heaven and be around God in heaven. God says, I'm trying to get down to you. See, that breaks up everything now. Because I don't treat you according to my flesh. I don't love you according to the way you treat my flesh. I don't love you the way that you call or talk about my flesh. I love you the way God loves you. Because as he is loved, so am. See, some of y'all didn't believe that. As he is, so am. Father, now we thank you for this love. This irrevocable. Never changing, never ending love. Thank you for the love that abides in us and through us and through this love God as we love one another they will know we are your disciples we thank you for it now in Jesus mighty name clap your hands real loud come on thank him for his love
Before you see, slap half out your neighbor and say, so am I. You may be seated. I could just end the service right there on that note. But hear this. You cannot give a love you never received. And so often, watch this. Uh, especially early on in relationships, we sometimes make the, the, the mistake of giving love too soon. Uh, so, sometimes just because they've been good to us and they treat us good and all of that, we make the mistake of saying, I love you. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hey you be trying to get them to say, I love you back and they'll be like, uh-huh, ditto. Copy that. Yeah. Yeah. Back at you. Yeah. Back at you. And, and, and we extend love. Watch this. In all the wrong places. For all the wrong reasons. And what happens is we give a love that is not even true love. Because God is not in the midst. Because if God is love, then every time that I say I love you, then I'm permeating the presence of God. So when you tell me you love me and I don't feel God, then it ain't love, it's lust. If, if he tells you he loves you, but won't take you to the presence of Jesus, he don't love you, he's just lusting at you, he just want to get what he can get from you. Y'all quiet up in this sanctified church. Because if God ain't in it, it ain't love. It's just lust. So some of y'all are really in a lustful situation, hoping that it would be holy and godly. Can I tell you something? To, can I talk to the single ladies just for a second? Don't come. <laughs> you better let her hear this. <laughs> Don't come out of love to get love. Let, let me help you with that. Don't come out of God to go and try and find a godly man. Or don't come out of God to try to make a man a godly man. Because if you got to get out of love to find love, then you're going to find yourself in a trap. So now you end up drifting away from love, trying to make love. Oh, I can change her. She a street girl, but I'm telling you, she's fine and, you know, I can change her. Taking the Bible study with me. I'm invited to church. She going, yeah, yeah. But you came out of love. And now watch this. While you're trying to find them, you have drifted away from him. You're not reading as much. Not praying as much. Not congregating with the saints as much. Because you're trying to win love. When you've already been won by love. So, so in other words, he needs to find you in love. He that finds a wife, come on. You know where to find a good thing? Because she's inside of a good thing. The reason why it's a good thing, because I found a woman who is in God. So if she's in God, that all God is, is now available in, y'all cry. So now it's all made available to me. 
because I found her in God. That's where the favor and the blessings and the promises, the protection, the provision, the healing, the deliverance, all that come. Why? In the presence of God. So today I want to talk to you briefly all month long. We've been, um, Spirit of God has been giving messages uh, to go along with the businesses that we're supporting. Today I want to talk to you about divine love. Somebody shout divine love. Just real briefly, I just want to give you a couple things about divine love. Because we see in Luke chapter number 23, verse 33, uh, this, this is really the truest example of love ever been known to man. The truest example. And in Luke chapter number 23, verse 33, it says, And, and, and when they came to this place called the skull, Golgotha, Calvary, when they got to that place, they crucified him. What greater love than this than a, a friend laid down his life for another? What greater love? This, this is a great example of love. Here it is. This is the model of love. This, this, this is the love that you should be seeking after. This is the type of love when you're considering uh, being betrothed to another. This, this is the type of love you're looking for. This is the type of love before you say, I do uh, I need to see you in action. I, I need to see how you love others and how, how loving and kind you are to others. I need to see this kind of love. Are you willing to sacrifice your life? No, no, I'm not talking about jumping in front of a bullet. That's great and all of that. But I need to know if you're going to sacrifice your own ideologies of what relationships look like so we can have a relationship that looks like what God wants it to look like. Uh, are you willing to die to yourself? To be in a relationship with me. Oh, I know you're an independent woman, but uh, uh, are you willing to die to yourself? I know you're a traditionalist and you, and you like traditional relationships where, where the, the man makes all the money the woman, brings it home to the woman, fry it up in the pan, something like that. Bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan. You know, the man does all of the labor, cutting grass and washing cars, and the wife stays in the kitchen, barefoot, pregnant. Are you willing to die to all of that so that we can have the relationship that God wants us to have? Because sometimes that looks different. I I done drove by houses in my neighborhood on the way to church. I see women out there cutting grass and and, and hit the traditional mind. Be like, what? That man got her out there cutting grass? Amen. Say, get a tan. <laughs> but 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 that's the traditional mindset. Are you willing to die to that? Because in your relationship, hold your thumbs up real quick. Everybody, look at your thumbs. Look at your thumbs. Amen. You're here. You might as well get something while you're here. Look, look at your thumbs. Look at your thumbs. Now do me a favor. Look over. Glance at your neighbor's thumbs. Is, is their thumbs, their fingerprints, like yours? It, it's different, right? Can I tell you something? Every relationship, new relationship that is developed via either man to woman, woman to man, or even man to man, I'm not talking about homosexual, uh, or just relationships in general, is a new DNA. Every relationship is different. Every new relationship that is formed in fashion is different. So therefore, in this difference, then I have to now create a new relationship. Watch. The world has never seen. So when you got
out with your boo and your bae, the world never seen or you and her. And never ever will see them again. Because it's very unique. Every relationship is different. And now watch. You have to die to yourself. That individual has to die to herself so that you can create a new self. And these two who help me preach in this place shall become so two have to die to become one. What kind of mathematics is that? But in order to become one, somebody got to die. I'm in the pocket right now. So watch this. That's why I, I tell couples don't ever go to just a peace. For those of you who are considering, I'm give you just a helpful holy hint. Most just, just a peace are atheists. They don't believe in God. They have been elected to office in a position. So it's a job to them. It's just a job. And they'll marry whomever. They have no morals or values. They're not going to counsel you. They're not going to tell you. that you, hey, you may want to consider this thing. I'm just saying, you know. Y'all may want to wait a little while. Uh-uh. They've been elected to do a job. And that's just to marry. Not only that is, not only do you not want to go to just a peace, but you want to go down to the altar. You need to go to the altar, thank you, sir, for a sacrifice. Tell your neighbor, meet me at the altar. Altars are built for sacrificing. So when you stand at that altar, you're saying, I'm sacrificing my life. I got to die. At that moment when you say I do, you're saying I'm dying. And it has to be. Why? Because if I'm not dead, I'm still alive. Then the two don't become one. They still are individuals. Now we're going to fuss and fight all the time. We're going to not have clarity of vision. We're not going to be on one accord. There'll be no unity. There'll be none of that. Why? Because you're still alive. And the greatest example we have of love is death. The greatest example of love we thought it was giving, it's death. Jesus said, I got to die to my own agenda. What do you mean my own agenda? Father, not my will, but your will be done. God, don't, I don't want to do it my way no more. I don't want to have it my way. God, I give up the Burger King mentality. No, it is not have your way, God. Me uh, uh, have my way, God, is have your way. Let me die. You didn't sign a marriage certificate. You signed a death certificate. And the greatest example we have is the example of love. Y'all follow me back there. I'm away. Uh, It says, and when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him and along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Verse 34, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Speaking of the centurion soldiers, the Roman soldiers around him, they were cruci- They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Greatest example of love. He just didn't give. He gave all. He gave everything. Even his earthly possessions. He gave up heavenly possessions to come into the earth 
And when he got in the earth, he gave earthly, he gave it everything. He, he, everything. His house. Y'all quiet. Jesus ain't have a house. Yeah, he did in Capernaum. He gave it all up. His reputation, his fame, his name had grew from town to town. He gave it all up. The greatest example of love. Next slide. So, so watch. I, I want to tell you about this divine love. Or we up there? Take me to it. Jesus asked him, truly I tell to you. This is in verse 43. Uh, so first we have forgiveness that we see in love. The next thing about love, this divine love, we have assurance. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Speaking to the criminal on his side. So we see love is forgiveness plus assurance. So in other words, when, when, when I'm in a relationship, I need to know if you can forgive me when I make fa- uh, failures and faults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a telltale sign. I got to end. This is a telltale sign. The, the time you're in a relationship and you get something wrong, they're so quick to say, you know what? I quit. I give up. Let's break up. I thought we were in this thing together. Thought it was going to make it last forever. And, and the first thing they do is, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning this relationship, but I just made one mistake. You can't forgive me? I just stumbled and tripped one time. Think about your relationship with God. Will you trip and stumble? What if God says, uh, you know, I'm, I want to reconsider our relationship, you know. You know, we've been kicking it for a good minute now, but that what you just did, deal breaker. Deal breaker. Satado bullshit. Laman soto labakaye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. God always put the spotlight, but you always run to the back. Uh huh. There's a greater coming your way, and y'all can't hide from it. Hallelujah. Uh huh. Every time. There you go. Why they always mess with me? <laughs> I'm down that one right there. God's always calling y'all out. Spotlighting, highlighting. But it's time to walk in it. It's calling y'all deeper. Yeah, yeah, you see the word. But also you need to start preaching the word. Your study time is not in vain. I see you as the Bereans going back and studying, studying. You accept the word because only after true study of the word you receive it i see you as one you're here and you're like "Mm, note i'll go back and check that out okay all right and the studying of the word he's calling you deeper you saw yourself as less but he's calling you to greater they didn't give you opportunity you've been muzzled and when you challenged them with the word they had nothing to say so they rejected you questions that you have they couldn't answer so you went and sought for yourself then when you brought it back they're like "Ah, we don't want to deal with him he got too many questions and then the praying prophetess on your side 
always praying and interceding. Yeah, 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 the weight upon her shoulders as she intercedes. Yeah, yeah. Get ready for this outpouring. There's a vast download in this season that God's going to download into you. A vast download. I'm telling you, it's going to be like a flood. Tablets upon tablets of knowledge that is written. I see books. I see books and books and books. 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 Books that you have purchased and books that you were writing. Books. And he's going to do something on that job too because it's time for transition. I just feel an increase coming. So, so here, here it is. Forgiveness plus assurance. Can I flow? Uh, forgiveness and assurance. So that, that's this assurance that he gives to the body of Christ. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, second guess nor question our relationship with him. He, he doesn't second guess or question the sacrifice he made. He, never in the scripture you say, man, I repent of sending my son Jesus to die on their behalf. He don't question that. It's assured. You can be assured in this, that he gave the best gift and God's not an Indian giver. He ain't taking it away. He ain't taking it away. Even when you He's not taking it away. He's not reestablishing a new covenant. Matter of fact, he knew you was gone in the first place. That's why the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth was laid. God had already put a love plan in motion before you even came into being. Because he knew you was going to stumble. Forgiveness plus assurance equals love. Take me to the next one. I need, y'all got to flow with me because give me, I need control. Control. Can y'all take me to the next slide? Curtis, that'll be you. Amen. Can he hear this and receive this? You know, I'm going to drop this right here and let y'all go. What you do does not stop him from being who he is. And that's God. If your sin is greater than the blood of Jesus, then you must be God yourself. Nothing you do is greater. And nothing you do will stop him from being who he is. He loves you because he is love. That settles it. Nothing you can do to change that. Come on, parents, talk to me for a second. Your, your kid gets suspended out of school. Do you stop loving them? Your, your kid erased your favorite episodes on DVR. <laughs> we sit with one. Get the belt. <laughs> we on live now. Don't say it too loud. CPS will be at the door. But that don't stop God from being who he is. 
Now, the world says this, and I'm done. I, I got a whole lot left, but I can't now. The world says this. How can a loving God allow so much calamity, chaos, and death be in the world? Have you ever wondered that yourself? I mean, come on, let's be honest. God, if you're so love and so much of it, how can there be so much going on in this world and you do nothing about it? I got a better question for you. How can a just God allow a judgmental, self-righteous, egotistical person like you into heaven? all the things you've done how can a just God allow you to be with him for eternity somebody shout because of love how can a loving God cause or sit back and allow death to happen in the world how can a just God justify you just as though you've never done it because of love This divine love, you cannot even fathom with your own mind. You can't even frame the thoughts to put together of how this magnificent God, omnipotent, majesty, this great God, can still love you in spite of yourself. Because he's love. You ever heard this statement? Love is blind. Have y'all heard that? Oh, pastor, what you saying? God turns away from sin. He has a blind eye to sin. No, but love is blind. And he loves you beyond the sin. It's not that he looks over the sin. He looks beyond the sin. Because he don't see the sin. He see the one you're in. I'm back in the book right now. It says that he that confessed with his mouth, God is now in him, and we are in. Yeah. Because he don't see the sin, he see the one you're in. That's how love is blind. Because love is loving itself. Y'all get that on the way home. He's loving the love that he has placed in you. So he don't see you. He sees himself. As he is, so are we. Bow your heads in this place. Some of you, the guilt and condemnation has been keeping you from walking fully in him. You made some mistakes. You tripped. You stumbled. And those mistakes have prevented you from seeing yourself how God sees you. You see yourself as unworthy, not good enough, because you keep looking at you instead of looking at him. You keep looking at your failures instead of looking at his faithfulness. You keep looking at your trials, not looking at how he triumphantly became victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and your sin. Your condemnation and guilt has prevented you from pursuing after this love. But today, today, today it ends. 
We break the power of the enemy off your mind. We break open the annals of your heart so that this love can come in. So that you can truly live out and be who God has called you to be. If you're here today in the pardon of your sin, you may, maybe you have not made this confession of faith that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe that's you or maybe you've made this declaration but you stepped out of him to do other things. God is calling you back home. You're backslidden. God is calling you back to get it right. Or maybe you realize today that you've been held stagnant in your pursuit and relationship with him. He's calling you deeper into him. If that's you, either one, real quickly, slip your hand in the air. God is calling you. Get it right. I see you. Even the children. I see you, sir. I see you. I believe there's others today that said, today I'm getting it right. Whether young or old, he's calling you today. I don't care how long you've been in church because it's not about church attendance. If that's you today, lift your hand. Backslidden want to get your relationship right with the Lord if that's you, lift your hand we have those over there you're going to receive a white card once you have that card, fill it out in its entirety hand it back to the hand that has handed it to you for those of you who did not lift your hand praise God amen I pray that you have settled in your soul that you're right with the Lord my assignment has been done the rest is on you I gave the invitation. It was up to you to accept. There was a king who had this great banquet. And he told his servants, go out and invite all of the dignitaries. And none could come because they were too busy. The king was disappointed because he sent out so many invitations. Nobody showed up. He said, go into the highways and byways. Invite whomever, whosoever, whomever, whosoever. I think y'all declared on the front end, you were a whosoever. And he said, invite them to come. Well, here's your invitation now. Will you be like the dignitaries and reject his invitation? So if you're here today, again, that's you that needs to make that declaration. Lift your hand. Thank you, Father. Can I go a little deeper? Just a couple. Let me tell you this, too, because this is what the Holy Ghost has told me. Then there was one that came, and he did not have on dinner clothing. <laughs> and the Lord said, looked at him and said, why are you not dressed like everybody else? They took him and threw him out. See, in, in that time, when you came to the king's palace, the king will allow you to go into his closet and put on his clothes for dinner. Everybody would get a garment from the king. Everybody who would show up, the king would give them a garment that they can adorn at dinner. What is that saying to you today? This man showed up in his own robes of righteousness. And Jesus looked at him and said, you self-righteous. Mm. You're not even dressed like us. Back unto you. You're giving our eyes to gaze upon your glory. So God, we give it back unto you. Our lives as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Pleading. And God, we give it all back to you. God, I surrender it all back to you, God. God, I don't want, God, I don't want anything else but you. God, I make an exchange, God, for all that I am, all that I have, God, just for a moment in your presence. I give it all back to you, God. The house, the car, God, the ministry, I give it all back to you just for a moment of your presence. God, I even give this breath up to spend eternity with you, God. I give it back to you. I give it all to you, God. In the name of Jesus.
Now, if you're a real worshiper, you ought to clap your hands, open up your mouth, and sing it with the praise. You ought to feel it with the praise. If your neighbor ain't shouting, you must shout there. I'm looking for the one I'm looking for the one scene stealer What do you mean the one scene stealer? The one that'll come Just disrupt the whole procession You know the one with the issue of blood She, she stole the scene It wasn't even about her at that moment It was about Jairus and his daughter But she came and she snatched the scene She came and snatched the scene was supposed to be about a dying girl and she showed up with a well of, of blood that kept flowing changed the whole narrative of the scene rewrote the whole script Re rearranged it it was supposed to be about a young girl at 12 that died and she showed up with 12 years y'all missed it <laughs> it was supposed to be about a 12 year old girl Receiving her healing, but she showed with a 12 year old problem. Blood flowing for 12 years. Y'all don't read y'all Bible. The girl was 12, dying. She had been dying for 12 years, losing blood. And stole the scene. Said, at this moment, let's rewrite this thing. Didn't even give her a name. You know why? Because God says, I want you to picture yourself in this scenario. What you've been dealing with for 12 years. What issue is plaguing you? What you going through that you've been fighting with? What you've been battling? What you've been struggling with? That you can come and snatch the scene. Your neighbor came in for a heal and just grab that moment get yours. Your, your neighbor came in for breakthrough deliverance. Why don't you just snatch the moment? And change the narrative. Well, I know they need something, but God, I need something too. I know they need healing, but God, I still I need something too. Well, I can hear your mouth, but go ahead and snatched the moment Don Shanette Collins she grabbed the moment but we serve a God that's more than a God of a moment he's a God of miracles so she got what she needed J.I.'s daughter got what he's so big he got more than enough somebody shot more than enough so while you're snatching the moment right now know that God still got enough for your neighbor and if your neighbor ain't gonna grab it, grab you another one. <laughs> if your neighbor ain't gonna receive it, don't leave it on the table. Go ahead and grab some for the next generation. If your neighbor ain't gonna receive deliverance, go ahead and snatch it for your family. So after you get your healing, grab something else. Because he's more than enough. He just, just, 
Y'all ain't, y'all ain't, I'm grabbing it all. Y'all just, y'all can watch me all you want. I'm grabbing your blessing. I'm grabbing yours. Go ahead and leave it on the table. I'll, I'll take that too. I'm holding on. I don't need help, but I'm going to hold it for later. <laughs> just in case my family bloodline has some issues, I'm going to go ahead and hold on to that right there. Yeah. That's what we're going to do now. Father, we thank you, Lord. You're more than enough. You are big God. With big hands. You hold the world in your hands. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout, he's a big God. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So before we go on in the service, amen. Jesus. The same feeling I felt when we drove my daughter to Grambling State, Louisiana a couple months ago to drop her off at college. It's the same feeling I feel now. As Ruth takes the next leg of journey, she's heading off to Kentucky. So today is not farewell. It ain't like the last. She told me, don't say the last service. But we're going to bless her and anoint her today. As she's expanding the kingdom from Louisiana to Kentucky. Hallelujah. So if you would, I want everybody to stretch your hand towards her. You know, sometimes God will bring you to places that you never thought you'd be. Take you down roads you never thought you'd travel. And God's taking her on a journey. She knows not what the end holds. Going to a place she's never been before. But it doesn't make a difference that the journey you're taking that you're unaware long as you're aware of the God that's taking you there. Ask Abraham. He knew not the country he was going to, but he trusted God that was sending him there. And I know without a shadow of doubt, this daughter trusts God with all her heart. She's been trusting him through trials and tribulations, through hurts and pains, through backstabbings and back turns of rejection. She's been trusting God. So Father, today, God, we speak blessings upon her life. Hedge and protects everything her hand touches, God. Everything, God, that's attached and assigned to her life shall be blessed. Her job will be blessed because of her presence. Her apartment complex shall be blessed because of her residency. The highway as she travels, God, will be blessed, God, because of the anointing upon her life. She carries the glory, God. She carries your glory, God. She carries your glory, God. And Father, I pray now. Woo, glory. 
in the name of Jesus. Prepare a way. Make it straight, God. Even, God, before she journeys. Make her way easy, her path, Lord God, straight. Father, we bind every hurt, harm, accident as she travels. We pray, oh God, for a covering of keeping even her vehicle. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, oh God, for provision being made even the greater. In the name of Jesus. And let the cup runneth over more than enough. It will be enough, God, for her neighbors and co-workers. She carries the word in her belly. And her mouth be anointed to deliver. And her ears be open to hear. And let her eyes be open to see the glory of the Lord. Now let the glory. Let the glory. Let the glory. Let it flow. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. We love you. Amen. like the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I don't know if you want to sow into that anointing. You ought to, you ought to sow into that anointing because that woman is anointed of God. I don't know. Hallelujah. Woo. Jesus. Amen. before we get out of here uh, one I want to serve you the Lord's Supper today it says we prepare ourselves to do so there is a word from the Lord and I want you to know that no matter what you're going through wherever you are in your space a place of life there was a price that was paid a body that was given 
for your sake to create a new covenant that covenant starts with the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine so if you would stand to your feet all over the place face the outer wall starting from the rear my left your right would you come and receive your communion elements starting from the rear asking him to forgive us of sins knowingly and unknowingly. Amen. For I received of the Lord that I also pass unto you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is uh, for you, do this in remembrance of me. You may partake of that bread. And in the same manner, after he supped, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. You may drink of that cup. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So when, 
whoever eats the bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine without discerning. Amen. For for everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. You may take that cup and pass it to the center aisle if you would. Amen. Someone is there with the receptacle to dispose of it for you. Remain standing if you if you would. If you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles as we go to the word of the Lord. All standing if you're able. First John chapter number four, verse sixteen. Hold your finger there. And run over to the book of Psalm number thirty-one, verse number four. First John chapter number four and verse number sixteen. And then go to Psalms number 31 verse number 4 is where we'll begin <clears throat> hallelujah you have it say I have it if you're looking say I'm still looking amen y'all doing good y'all must be waiting for me to put it on the screen huh amen I knew you was in here somewhere I had to find you I see where you at amen Let's make our faith declaration, if we would. Repeat after me. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. Say it again. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness, no disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Find another neighbor and say, Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shall I'm blessed to be a blessing? My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. Now shout, I'm blessed. Now say amen to that if you would. Hallelujah. Let's go to the word of the Lord. We're going to start in Psalm number 31, verse number 4. I feel you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory. Wonderful God. Atabashet. Verse number four, keep me free from the trap that is set for me. Uh-huh. 
keep me free from the trap that is set for me Satan has traps and you've been trying to avoid the trap house but there are traps right there before your house and even in your house I even dare to say there's some traps in the church and you got to be aware and cognizant of the schemes and the devices of the enemy because he's laying out traps okay y'all not gonna be real with me today six two yeah with a good job good credit no kids no baby mama somebody shout us a trap Drives up in a Porsche. Yeah. Oh, that's my boss. Look at that. He gonna beat you. Y'all fill in the blank. And here it is. There are traps. She come in. The blouse is low and the skirt is high. It's a trap. She in your inbox because she saw you're now single. It's a trap. He's got number sweet nothings to say to you. It's a trap. Got reservations at the supper club. It's a trap. Satan has set traps, positions, and titles, influence, and all of the like. That's what Satan told Jesus in the wilderness. I'll bring you to the top of the mountain and I'll give you these kingdoms. You just worship me. It's my shout as a trap. I'll give you the job of the corner office with a name tag on the door with your own personalized parking spot with the, your own private bathroom. But you got to give up some stuff. You got to give up time with your kids at the ball game, at the ballpark. You got to give up time with your wife because you're always working. You got to stop coming to church. You can't read as much because we got all these plans we need you to review. Now you spend more time on the plan than spending time with the man. Somebody shot as a trap. Now some of us have fallen into the trap. Why says even a churchy trap? Here's the church trap. Here's the church trap. You come to church on Sunday to get a word, but you don't go home to study the word. So now you're just running after Sunday morning service. But you have no time with the Lord yourself. You come to the house of God to worship, but there's no worship at your house. You come to hear a preached up word, but you ain't learning the word on your own. Okay. When's the last time you cracked open your Bible besides a Sunday morning? Oh, I'm not talking about just your morning devotional or the version Bible app. When's the last time you got before the Lord and opened up the bread of life, the word of God?
took out your notepad and a pen turned your notifications off on your phone turned the television off shut the door and told everybody leave me alone I gotta spend some time with God last time you went on the levee and sat down just to be in his presence in the Now the church trap is, this is all you need. This is it. You're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. That's it? That's what makes a Christian? I got a tattoo on my arm. John 3.16, does that make you a Christian? I got the t-shirt and the bumper sticker. And two versions of the Bible on my dashboard. And ain't read neither one. Is that there's traps that Satan has set before you, and you gotta be aware of his devices. Because he'll lull you into sleep, he'll give you lullabies, and you become the church like and you think you're making it in life. And you think you'll have eternal access and be denied. I'm in the book now, and he says. They came to him, Pastor TJ, and they said, Lord, Lord. They called him Lord twice. Not once, twice. Anytime you see double mention in the Bible, that means it's settled. So it was settled that he was Lord. They said it twice, twice mentioned. Have we not cast out demons in your name? Healed in your name? Prophesied in your name? You know what Jesus said for, to them? You fell into the trap. You workers of iniquity. Depart from me. For I never knew you. You used my name. But your motives were impure. You showed up with the t-shirt. But you wasn't really representing. Okay. Keep me from the trap that is set for me. For you are my refuge. In to your hands I commit my spirit deliver me Lord my faithful God somebody shout deliver me jump over to 1st John I gotta move quickly 1st John chapter number 4 verse number 17 this is where it gets good Pastor TJ you're doing good but we're gonna have to crank it up in a second I don't want them falling asleep on this one verse number 15 it says whosoever look at your neighbor say you are whosoever it again okay that was a little better whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God God dwelleth in him and he in God whoever confess that Jesus is the son of God watch this God dwells in him so if there's no confession there's no dwelling Are y'all reading your Bible? Whosoever shall confess, that means you got to open up your mouth and say something. Tell your neighbor you better say something. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God will come and dwell in them, and He in God. Uh, verse, verse, uh, yeah, yeah, verse number 16. It says, I'm getting happy, y'all. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. 
and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him wherein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment I know y'all been standing but I'm going to stand the rest of the time so go ahead and stand with me this time and because as he is so are we in this world Father now in the name of Jesus thank you for your amazing love in Jesus name amen let me maybe seated. I felt somebody growing weary, so I'm going to let you off the hook. I tried to get this word into you last week before last when we talked about the R&B treasures. This, this text in 1 John chapter number 4, it tells us as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. I, I want to talk real briefly in talk to everybody, but right now I want to talk to the single women in the place. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and identify you right now. What are single ladies at? Let me single. Oh. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Amen. It was in y'all's spirit too, I know. Y'all. She was just bold enough to say it. You were thinking it. So, so maybe you're, you're single and searching. Uh, maybe so. But, but here's the thing. It, the Bible says that he that confesses that Jesus is Lord, God comes and dwells in him. Takes up a bold residency on the inside of him. Now, single ladies, I, I want to encourage you today. Somebody shout encourage us. Don't get out of him to go find him. Oh, y'all. Don't get out of God to go and try to find a godly man. Uh, don't, don't go seeking and searching where you have to step out of God. Oh, girl, he's fine. I can change him. Somebody shot us a trap. Because uh, now you got to leave love to find love. love and if I got to step out of God to find love it ain't love is lust I don't care how many scriptures he quote to you if it causes me to step out of love to be in love with you it ain't God girl you don't need to go to church we can stay home and read our bible together uh huh yeah. Why are you giving all your money to that church? Girl, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Let's go get some wings. Let's go to Wild Wings. Well, why are you always serving at the church? Why are you always there? See, see, if you got to get out of love to find love, then that's a trap from the enemy because what the enemy wants to do, he wants to separate you from God. And he'll tell you all kind of good stuff. She'll tell you, oh, yes, I love the Lord. Shop about that Bible soap. She'll speak in tongues and all of that. It's a trap. Because if I got to get out of God to be with you, then I'd rather be without you. I'd rather live on my own. Keep me single, Lord. Keep 
maintain me in my singleness, God. If I got to leave you to go after her, the giver of life, my all in all, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I don't care how good she looks, how fine, how good she smells. I don't care how good he is. It is not worth it. Okay, so it's a trap. It's a trap. But, but here it is. As he is, so are we in this world. I want to talk to you real briefly uh, from the thought, divine love. Divine love. Divine love. Hear this. You cannot give love you never received. How are you going to give something that you never got? And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, God comes and he dwells on the inside of you. And if God is love, then you have love on the inside of you. But how can you give something that you never received? So if someone tells you, here's for the fellas, uh, uh, if she tells you she loves you and she don't love God, then she don't love you, she's just lusting after you. Because if God ain't in the midst of it, then it ain't God. Because if God is love, then every time I hear you say, I love you, I should feel God. Every time you say, oh, I love you, ooh, I felt God on that. <laughs> every time you say, baby, I love you, ooh, God, I feel you. Ooh. Can we get a babysitter? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm talking about for mad folk now. I told you I'm coming for everybody. And every time I hear love, I say, I should feel God. Amen. That's why you got to be careful with the love statement. Oh, I love this. Is God in it? I love, I, I love Ruth Chris. Is God in it? Oh, somebody said, yeah, God is in that. All day, pastor. All day, God is all up in there. But, but, but if God is not in the midst of it, then it's not love. So some of you have to go home and take an evaluation, an assessment of your relationships. Because you got some friends who say they love you, but they ain't godly. Oh, Jesus. You going to stir us up like that? Yeah. You, you got to go ahead and put them in the right category. I got to see if God is in you because you cannot have that space in my life because I need godly people in my, surrounding me. I need some people who are going to give me godly advice, not your opinion, Oprah. What you heard on field. No, I don't need that. I need to hear the word of God. I, I need to hear from heaven on this situation. I don't need man's opinion. I need the word of God. So... If you ain't godly, I ain't got time for you. Amen. Not like that kind of time. I ain't going to be on the phone with you all the time talking about this, that, and the third. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because God ain't in it. So now you got to monitor your conversations. Now, I'm not saying you can't have friends who are not saved. Because you need unsaved friends. Amen. Amen. Especially if you got somebody who cussed some ears off foot. No, I'm sweating. But, but watch. You, 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 God never told you. Watch. Y'all, and I'm going to correct some things right now. 
There should be no fellowship with darkness. Y'all heard that in, in text? Yeah. So now what you do is you end up getting rid of all of your darkly friends. I love y'all. Your friends who reside in darkness. So, so fellowship has no, uh, light has no fellowship with darkness. Now, now here's the thing. Watch. If, if we take on the ideology that you cannot fellowship with darkness, then who are you going to evangelize? So when he says that light should not fellowship with darkness, I should not be a fellow in their ship where they're leading, guiding, directing me. If I'm going to be with them, they're going to follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not going to get in the ship with them and let them drive me to the club, to the strip club, or to the crack house. No, no, I am a fellow in the ship that's driving. Because how are you going to do Matthew 28, go get there into all the world and preach the gospel if that's all you preach it to is church folk? Right. <laughs> Amen. And that's the problem with a lot of Christians nowadays. We preach it to the choir, sing it to the song too. Yeah, no, no, no. In, in that connotation, he's saying, listen, I don't want you to allow them to lead and guide you. But I need you some people to be around some people you can preach to, but, but don't let them preach to you their doctrine. Hmm. Okay? Yep. Did I clarify that? Did I do pretty good on that? Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. But, but you can never give what, you can't give love that you never received. So, so you got to receive this love. We go back to 1 John chapter 4. It says, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwells in him. And watch this. He in God. you got a position in God. That's why you got to make sure your posture is right. And your position is right. So this divine love that I want to talk to you about. If I were to tag a title to this text, it would be that divine love. And I want to give you the greatest example of love that has ever been known. And it's found in Luke chapter number 23. Found in the Synoptic Gospels. And in Luke chapter number 23, verse 33, it says, And when they came to the place called the skull, Golgotha, Calvary, the hill of redemption to that place. They crucified him there. They being the Roman soldiers. Glory to God. If y'all ain't going to shout, I got to shout it. And they crucified him there uh, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know they being the ones who are crucifying him. The Roman soldiers, he looks down at them and says, forgive them for what they're doing. Because they don't know. 
And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Now, why is this, this the greatest example of love? Jesus is giving his all. He left heaven in its majesty, all its radiancy, the golden streets, the gates of pearl, the worship of angels 24-7 around. He gave all that up to come down in flesh to give his life for you and I. So he gave up heavenly possessions, comes into the earth. Now he has to give up earthly possessions. Somebody shout he gave it all. This is the greatest example of love. It's me giving my. That's why you got to be careful who you give your love to because love is now a death wish. You got to be careful who you say, I love, I, I love you too. Because what you're saying is, I'm willing to die for you. Not only that, I'm willing to give everything up for you. It's a death wish. That's why I tell couples when, hey amen, it's all right. He go, okay, let him shout. Pretty soon he'll be saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let that boy be. Amen. Amen. So, so watch, watch. I, I tell couples who are getting married uh, and, and couples who are uh, considering marriage, don't ever go to just a peace. I got any engaged people in here? Engaged. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good. You're supposed to hold the ring up. You're supposed to know the ring. And that ain't happened yet? You're supposed to raise with that hand. I know you're supposed to do it like that so they can see. Amen. Amen. That's something how when women get in everything, he went that way. He went that way. Hey, y'all. Hey. Yeah. So watch. Don't ever go to the justice of peace. Why? Why? Somebody asked why. I'm glad you asked why. Here's the reason why. Because justice of peace is just really, uh, it's an elected position. They're hired to do a task or assignment. And the prerequisite for all of that has nothing to do with the godly things. Matter of fact, some of them are atheists. Some of them are unbelievers. They're just doing a job. That's it. They don't love God. But they're going to marry you. Because to them, marriage is not a covenant. It's a contract. And they don't mind co-signing on it. They don't, mind, they don't care if you're going to live until death do us part. They don't care about sickness and health for richer or for poor. They just want to sign a contract of which they get paid for and that's it. The other part to that is, is they don't have an altar. What an altar got to do with this thing, apostle? An altar is a place of sacrifice. It's where you got to come to lay an offering. It is where death takes place. So when you get married, you go to the altar, what you're saying is, I'm coming to die. When you say, I do, you're saying, I die. Because how can two become, help me preach in this place? They got to come one. These two 
shall become one. So how can two become one unless two die first to resurrect as one? Matter of fact, I feel you, Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, you are more like God in marriage than you think about it. More than you know. How are you more like God? What are you saying, Apostle? Because now you have formed a, a, a trinity. The husband, the wife, and the father. All in a threefold cord. You become like God. Watch this. You get to create. It's, it's called procreation. <laughs> you just like God. You die and you resurrect. <laughs> you come to altar alive. You die at the altar and you resurrect as one. You, you, that's why marriage is so important to God. Because God says, you're looking like me. That's why it's so important for you to adhere to your vows because God says you're my representative in the earth realm. You need to look like me. So the way you treat your bride is you ought to love your bride and give your life for your bride just like I gave my life for my bride. Y'all quiet in this place. You need to give everything for your bride like I gave everything for my bride, the church, the ecclesia. Give it all. Give it all. I need you to die. Scratch that from the record. Let me say, man, that's Jim Jones resurrected. He's talking about killing the folk. Die, die, die. But there should be death. So you got to be careful where this love thing goes because if not, it's going to require death. And you're going to die for the wrong person or the wrong reason. So we see in this, in Luke chapter number 23, as they crucify him, we see a couple things in the text Number one is we see first forgiveness, forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. If you drop down in verse number 43, Jesus answered him, speaking of the thief that was beside him that said, Lord, remember me uh, when you go into glory. Jesus answered him and said, truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. We see not only forgiveness, but we also see assurance. So love should equate to these things, forgiveness and assurance. So every time I hear that you love me, I should feel that you're willing to forgive me if I make a misstep. <laughs> Corinthians says that love keeps no record of wrongdoing. So when I hear you say you love me, I don't want to hear I love you, but you remember what you did last week? Then what kind of love is that? That if I have to remind you every time of what you did in the past, that ain't love. Oh, Jesus. Ask your neighbor, what kind of love is that? Look back at him and say, God kind of love. That's why when you confess with your mouth, God got to come live in you. He's got to place love in you because if you don't have his love, you won't know how to love and you won't know how to give love. And the love that you give that is not him is not really love. It's really lust. And the type of love you give is tainted. It's toxic. So God says, I got to get in you because you don't even know how to love. So I give you love to teach you how to love so you know how to give love. 
That's why I say, I got to get in you. I got to. Zip. Because when you love, it ain't your love. It's the love of the Father. Because truth of the matter is, love is a keeper. It'll keep you when you want to cuss somebody out. Love will keep you when you got hatred in your heart towards them. Love will say, no, don't feel that way. You ought to pray for them. Because if you can pray for your, I know it's your wife. Y'all quiet right there. I know it's your wife and, and you don't like her right now. But the love kind of love I have for you, I have for her. But God, you saw what she did to me. And I also saw what you did to me. Mm-hmm. 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 God, she ain't talking to me. Well, you ain't talking to me either. But yet I still love you. Love her. Like I'm loving you. Well, God, they talking about me on my job. Well, you ain't talking about me at all either. Love them. Like I'm loving you. God, they persecuted me. They stabbed me in the back. Yeah, just like you did me. When they asked you if you were a Christian and you said nothing. While they're around the water cooler talking all of that nasty stuff and you were a part of it and you did not once tell them who you were in me. Oh, y'all. I'm coming down every row, I promise you. If I ain't come down your road yet, get ready, get ready, get ready. Yeah, yeah. God, you saw what they posted on Facebook. I'm sorry, you post stuff too, but it was copy and paste. It really didn't came from me. You got it from somebody else. I'll walk down every aisle, I promise you. So God says, watch this. I got to give you this kind of love. Because you don't even know how to love others. You have no idea what love is. But I love you enough to get in you so that the world can see the love and see me in you. Okay, I didn't give you all this in the first service. In Genesis, God says he created form fashion man. Then he says, I give you dominion. That word dominion in the Hebrew it's raw dog. Somebody shout raw dog. No, you got to get your husky for it. So. Raw dog. Raw dog means authority. It means, uh, it means uh, to have a power. But it also goes on to say to step down into. <laughs> so God says in, when he created you, I created you to have dominion. To step down into. So what God does, he does this. In order for him to have dominion in the earth realm, he has to step down in you to have dominion in you so he can have dominion over it. Ah, I'll give you too much revelation. Okay, okay. So God says, listen, the heavens is mine, the earth is yours. I have given it unto man. But I need you to govern and have authority over this thing the right way. So what I'm going to do is I'm a robber. I done came all out my clothes, y'all. That's okay. Praise God. He, he says, watch this. 
I'm going to step down into you. So now I can have authority in the earth realm. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I promise you I'm going to say it. Look, see, we're changing policies and laws, and we're thinking the world going to change. The world ain't going to change because of policies and laws. Because the heart of man never changed. So if I don't change the heart of the man, you can come up with all the policies you want. They're still going to be the same. But what God does is, he says, I need righteous rulers that I can step down into. So if I can step down into them, then when the law change, they're going to change to be godly. But not just them, everybody they have influence over. Now I'm changing your heart, your heart. I'm stepping in you and 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 you because I'm in all of you now. And now you won't do what you want to do, but you'll do how I'm calling you to do it. Okay, let me hear you up. Because it's getting late. All right, yep. Told you I had a, I got my helper in the house. I know, huh? Look what the text says. What you do does not stop him from being who he is. And that's God. That's the divine love that God has for you. That no matter what you do, don't stop him from being who he is. And that's God. That's the type of love God says. He said, I love you so much. I don't care what you do. I'm still God. Oh, pastor, so you tell me I can do all the sin? That don't change God for being God. He's still God. Parents, what do parents act like? Quick, wave your hand, parents. If your kid flunk out of school, get expelled out of school, do you stop loving them? They don't change who you are. If your kids get locked up in jail for a crime, do you stop loving them? Then change who you are. If your kids change their identity and become something other than what they were created to be, did it change who you are? Even though they changed? Same with God. God says, I'm still God. So when you go out there and you commit sin, God just looks back and says, I'm still God. And watch. I'm love. I still love you. Even when you're unloving to me, I still love you. It does not change who God is. This is the type of love the world and you and some of you church folk cannot fathom. How can God love so deeply? And then watch this. Here's the question that some people who are against God, they ask. How can this loving God who, who loves all of the, the, loves the world, how can he allow death and confusion and mayhem to happen in this world? How can this loving God allow this to take place? I got a better question for you. How can this just God allow a liar, a whoremonger, a self-righteous Thief, adulterer, get into heaven. Like us. <laughs> oh, that'll turn the top. That'll turn the top. How can this loving God allow death to happen in the world? Well, how can this just God allow 
sinners like us to come into heaven in his presence. Somebody shout love. love. Yeah. Yeah. You know what your ticket to heaven is? The love that he has for you. That's your ticket to heaven. It's to receive the love that died on the cross on your behalf. Because it don't change God. No matter what you do, it doesn't change who God is. He's still the same. And because he loves you, loves you, he gives you grace to get it right yet again. So, a couple things right quick and I'm done. Somebody say, thank God. Maybe you Make me mad. So what happens is guilt and condemnation come upon you. Romans tells us this. Therefore, there is no guilt nor condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who are in Christ Jesus, there is no guilt nor condemnation. So I guarantee times that you're feeling guilt and condemnation, you probably have strayed away from the things of God. And it just may be one step out, but that's enough. Right. And then you start feeling this guilt and this condemnation. Yeah, I shouldn't have done what I did and this, that and the third. That's because you're outside of him. So what we do with this guilt and condemnation, sometimes we bury it. Then sometimes we blame others. That's what Adam did in the garden. He blamed the woman God gave him. And then lastly, we beat ourselves up. Anybody ever been there before? Now, that's what Jesus wants us to do with the guilt. He wants us to admit it. He wants to accept responsibility. And lastly, he wants us to ask for forgiveness. That's what he wants us to do with that. So when you fall into this trap by the enemy, number one is what? What's number two? And what's number three? It's as simple as that. And then the love of God comes and it permeates in your heart. The love of God comes and comforts you. The love of God comes and washes you and cleanses you. Oh, it ain't nothing like when you make a mistake, you fall and your mother picks you up in her arms and she kisses you and says, oh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Come here. Let me. That's what father does. When you make a mistake, he picks you up and says, oh, it's going to be all right. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's the divine love that God has for each and every one here today. And you've been thinking, oh, I've been saved all these years. I got it right. You know, you only have it right because he made it right. You only have it right because he made a way for you to have it right. He made a way. And without that, you'll be wayward. You go astray. If it wasn't for this type of love, where would you be? If it wasn't for this type of love, what would you be doing? You know what's keeping you? Love. You know what's holding you? Love. Because if it wasn't for his enduring, irrevocable love, we'll still be in love with the world. 
He loves you that much. Would you bow your heads with me? I believe somebody here today came in with a lot of guilt and shame. You done some things last night. Matter of fact, you did some things this morning. And you came into church just to be washed <laughs> from the dirt and the filth. <laughs> like, oh, I need to get to church because, man, I was bad last night. We towed the club down last night. Met up with Frankie last night. I, Lord, I need to be cleansed and washed again. So you're here with all that guilt and that condemnation. And the Father is here to say, I'm just here to give to you the love that you've been waiting for. But you got to receive it. Can you get a microphone? I want to show you something. This is how the Father loves you. That even though you can't see him. Pastor Tiffany, I want you to hold your right hand in the air. And even though you can't see the Father, he sees you. I want you to hold your left hand in the air. Hold it high. And even though you can't see him, Look, I'm way in the back in my office. And even though you can't see him, he sees you. Now, I'm going to give you an instruction, Pastor Tiffany. But I don't want you to obey this instruction. I want you to put your right hand down now. Now, even though in your disobedience, God still sees you. Okay, it's okay to clap. Okay, all right. Now, now I want you to keep your right hand up. Even though she disobeyed the first command, she was obedient to the second. God still sees her. Now, this is what I want you to do, Pastor Tiff. I want you to take that microphone. And I want you to ask God for forgiveness for disobeying him. I see you, daughter. I saw you when you first committed to sin. Matter of fact, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. But yet I still called you. I knew who you were going to be. I knew what you were going to do. But yet I still called you a prophet to the nations. I still accepted you. And I'm still calling you 
because you still have a purpose, a plan, and a destiny to fulfill. You still have a work to do. I know you fell. I know you tripped. I know you stumbled, but you still have a work to do. I called you, and I'm calling you to it. See, this is the love that God has for us that the world can't understand and even some church folk can't understand. Because they look at all of your failures and all your wrongs and they wonder how can God use someone like you? How can you be who you are in God? It's because I'm no longer me. I'm in him and he's in me. It's no longer me. Galatians says it this way. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives within me. So if I'm not alive, then who's alive? If I'm not me, then who I am? I am in Christ. We read the scripture earlier. As he is, so are I am no longer me. I am no longer me. I'm no longer a man, nor a woman. I'm no longer black, nor white, nor Mexican, nor Asian. I am no longer none of those things. I am in Christ. And he is in me. So I want to take this moment right now. And I want to represent represent God's voice to those of you out there today. Because y'all have been looking at me all this time. When you should have been hearkening to the voice of God. Son, daughter, I'm calling you home. I'm calling you into a deeper place in me. I've seen your faults. I know your failures. But yet I'm still calling you. I've seen your faults. And I've seen your failures. But I'm still calling you. To those of you who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. For those of you who are backslidden, you came into this place riddled with guilt and condemnation, God is calling you. This is the moment for you to get it right. The Father is calling you. If that's you today with your heads bowed, would you lift your hand? If that's you today, Would you lift your hand? If that's you today, who is backslidden, I'm calling you back into proper place and proper alignment with me. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Someone is going around with the card to place it in your hand. Don't leave here until you fill that card out. Place it back in the hand that has given it unto you. But don't let this moment pass by that you miss being in my presence. I'm calling you back today are there any others today that will say today is the day I'm making Jesus the Lord of my life many failures many sins but there's a greater love and that love is here today to cleanse you and to wash you if that's you lift your hand my last appeal to you is if you don't have a church home we want to connect you today with Elevate Church If that's you, would you lift your hand today? Don't have a church home? 
looking for a church. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. Will there be any others today that will say, today is the day I'm making a decision. Hallelujah. Today is the day I'm making a decision to make Elevate my church home. My search is over. It has ended today. If that's you, any others, any others, any others. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you and thank you. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. And God, we give you honor. Come on, everybody. Clap your hands and give God some glory. Pastor Tiffany, would you close us out in service?